0: Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. Hey, y'all, I'm going to cut in here real quick just to give you a quick reminder about leaving a rating and a comment about the podcast if you're liking what you're listening to, uh, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Leading a rating or a comment will really help the show continue to gain traction and uh, reach wider and wider audience. Also on my Instagram page, I'm now offering subscriptions for 99 cents a month. That's less than $12 a year that goes towards helping support the production of the podcast. And in return, you're going to get sneak peeks for all the episodes, inside looks to the artists, print giveaways, and other things that are going to happen just for the subscription base So if you really uh, believe in this project and wanna support it, subscribing on Instagram will go a long way to help me continue to create great content. Uh, Now back to the show y'all, peace. All right, y'all welcome back to the podcast. Today I have visual artist Stephanie Gonzalez with me. Uh, She's an artist based in Houston uh, who does incredible abstract kind of geometric, very spiritual metaphysical paintings. I think y'all are going to love, so you definitely got to check out her work. But we had an amazingly deep, personal, vulnerable conversation today about just life itself in relation to consciousness, spiritual practice, and how we sort of navigate the very confusing landscape that this world has become for many of us. Um, Stephanie shared a lot about her personal story growing up in Mexico, how she kind of got into creating art through exposures to Bob Ross, which her grandfather loved watching um, as a child, but just how she's always been very in touch with her creative side and then how that sort of evolved over time to get her to where she is today. She uh, got her MFA um, at a university in Houston and shared a little bit about her experience there and how that really opened a lot for her. Um, and it was just a really rich conversation. I think she um, she really expressed a lot of ideas I think we're all thinking about in terms of how do we sort of be in this world and a way that keeps us connected to sort of our deeper sense of self and yet still connected to the greater community around us. Um, She posed a lot of great questions and has lots of great insight. And we just had a really beautiful, authentic exchange with each other that I think all of you are going to get a lot out of, because I think these are some of the questions most people probably are asking or thinking about from time to time. And so um, I know you're going to enjoy it. So, uh, you know, tune in and uh, enjoy here. Stephanie Gonzalez. Peace, y'all. All right, Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I started off with a little bit of uh moving my body, a little bit of yoga and nice. Yeah, how about how about you?
0: Doing good. I mean, that's the best way to start the day. I start my day that way 99% of the time. Um it's just the way to start, you know, on that connected space. And uh for you and me being here together, I'm just super excited. We took us a while to kind of find the right time to connect on the podcast. And I can't recall exactly where I came across your work, but I just was really drawn into not only like the quality of the images you're making, but you have a very dynamic practice as an artist. You do a lot of things outside of just painting and drawing with like the installations, um, the light sculpture pieces that I've seen on your website and stuff. And it seems like you're just a very dynamic, creative being. And I just felt drawn to like what you were doing. And I'm super grateful that you're willing to be here with me today on the uh, on the podcast. And so I thought a cool way for us to start, since we don't really know each other, um, is to learn a little bit more about you and your background, sort of like your own journey and how you got to sort of where you are today and doing the kind of work that you're doing. Um, If you want to just kind of share a little bit of that part of your life with us.
1: Yeah, um, I I love your work, by the way. Also, I found you on Instagram and I immediately started following you because your work spoke to me. Um, I just actually, this past, these past two years started working in this style. I started off creating out of necessity. Um, I grew up in Mexico um, and I felt a lot of, I just maybe didn't know how to uh, express myself and what was happening um, at home. There was a lot of like, uh, just a lot of things that i i dealt with a lot of trauma um my mom being kind of single mom meeting someone else who who just was not great and not having you know i kind of realized this year i'm kind of like an internalizer and so i i didn't know how to how to express that and and it was just like a weird place to be so i just kind of found i found peace in painting and uh, i started painting because uh, bob ross really my my grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa my grandfather was a he's retired he's he's left us now but he's a retired um retired and and so in the summers when you know all the kids were out on vacations we really couldn't afford it so my mom would kind of drop us off there with my grandparents in mexico and just kind of go to work and um he would watch bob ross my grandpa would watch bob ross at like 5 a.m you know it's like he's <laughs> In here half deaf so like you know he just be blasting bob ross and I just remember kind of picking that up and and uh starting off with landscapes and then kind of playing with the idea of abstraction and uh started kind of doing abstraction without really having any knowledge of 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 abstraction itself you know and and the movement and all that um i think it all kind of just came to me in a time when I needed it and it's changed so much. Uh, At the time, I was creating, like I said, out of necessity. And um, a lot of the work, you can tell in the mark making and the choice of color that um, it was purely based on intuition and kind of like frustration. And Mm. and I had a lot of anger too, like being gay, being a gay kind of kid and not knowing where to where I fall, I kind of felt like I never fit in anywhere Mm -hmm. because uh, we did move to Texas when I was about 13. And so there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like me being stuck in this kind of like negative place, not knowing where I belong. And um, I think it was through, I went to go get my master's at a, at of all places like a Baptist university. And I I was terrified Mm -hmm. because I didn't know, I didn't know how I was gonna fit and um, you know I I learned a lot there it was through that kind of place that I found so much love and acceptance in it just very just in a place I wouldn't expect it yeah interesting yeah after going there the way that they approached that school was a lot of uh kind of like almost like family it was more of they celebrated her, your individuality as an artist but they also um it was the most giving experience mm-hmm. and and i came in there kind of kicking and screaming you know and <laughs> like it was a beautiful experience where I was embraced by love in so many ways and also at the same time learned about the different art movements. And I, I didn't have knowledge of, of the art movements. I didn't grow up in a place where I could have art classes or, um, anything like that. And so once I decided to, okay, let me, let me get, try this master's thing and and just kind of hone in on my craft. That's when it kind of started changing. I started learning about different artists and I didn't learn about spirituality until later and kind of like the spiritual work, like Hilma Klimt, for example, Mm I've been um, informed about just through creating these works. Somebody was like, do you know who this person is? And I didn't. And then I researched, but it all kind of started with the romantics, like the romantic period, like David Friedrich, like he was doing these, these paintings of like contemplation where it was, it was a lot of landscape and there there's this one particular painting I forget the name where he's standing like on some sort of like rock ledge and, and there's the, the, the sea just like in front of him mm-hmm. and it's kind of dark. And I think that that kind of sparked something where I realized, Oh, let me change. And it just kind of happened. It was just, I started learning about the power of your thoughts and, and, and just kind of started playing around with that, playing around with perspective and, mm. and started understanding that kind of the power of the mind, really. Yeah. And I started just kind of finding peace in that. And then I continued to explore it more and then just started meditating. And it's through the meditation that all of these symbols and and, and that's where the work really changed is wow. through meditation and finding grace in that and um, focusing on, not so much on the the plane here, the 3D plane, but kind of knowing that there's another plane and accessing that through sitting with self and just kind of honing that, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I shifted from abstraction and um, for a while I was really into the 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 female form so I was doing a lot of photography mixed media Mm. and um but I somehow always had or something organic like there was always organic and kind of celebrating imperfection Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm trying to now continue to do that in this work that I'm doing now it's a lot more spiritual it's like when I first started, I was like, man, I don't know if anybody's going to understand these or if they even make sense, but I didn't care because they made sense to me. And uh, I've had people tell me, Oh, I like your abstract style or why don't you do this? And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not angry anymore. (laughs) Like I'm not like worried about this narrative of, of like, I think, for a while, I was, I was kind of trying to kind of be a part of these organizations and have, you know, be a part of the community by having some sort of social commentary about the things that ha- have happened to me. And um, I feel like there's kind of like a trend in like galleries or, you know, it's, it's almost like they want you to kind of be the immigrant or be the the queer artists who struggled not fitting in and just like all these things that sure, those things happen to me, but my work, I don't, I no longer want to focus on that. Mm. And I kind of felt like I don't fit in, in the art world right now, because I just feel like if I'm trying to apply for certain things, I've realized that like a lot of the narrative has to be around attaching to all of these other things. Right. And so I feel like right now I'm kind of floating around trying to figure out how I fit into the community because I'm also being so like these, these words require so much solitude. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to find balance between that. Also, when you start to, when you start to kind of understand, um, just the power of meditation and just kind of that peace that you could find within yourself without, external substances, um yeah, you kind of want to like bring any everyone in and then it's you kind of cuckoo. <laughs> you kind of because it's like some people don't then you become like the annoying positive person who mm. is like, I don't want to hear about your positivity and, and how this was a lesson. I just want to forgive my language, bitch about something. And mm. it, when you become the person that's like, but don't you see like this is this has happened to you time will show you and just you get to a state of mind where you're so at peace and then you also have to be in the world yes and so and so it's it's so strange because it's like you have to have balance
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: and so yeah I feel like we just went on like a time oh no it was amazing (laughs) I love
0: everything that you're sharing like I'm just like saying to myself internally yes like yes I can relate to that like I can understand exactly what you're trying to communicate there in terms of the cultivation of this balance between like your connection to this sense of self beyond the fetters of of your appearance or of even your personal story like you know what I mean like what is beyond the layers of one's identity um that is so like i feel like a lot of times with identity we get attached to the what we can see or know on the surface of things through narrative or through how we appear to others based on those basic things but when you're doing this deep ex- exploration of your own consciousness of your own spirit of your own sense of self beyond those things and then you connect to those spaces you realize that these external sort of aspects of our identity are important but they aren't the whole thing and if we get too attached to these things when we are going to almost negate what's beyond that where the i feel the inherent unity of all of us lives and so this sort of paradox of like connecting to that unified state within yourself and yet everyone else isn't really seeing that and you there's they're seeing you as all these labels and you're trying to communicate beyond those veils it can be really fr- a frustrating process and i think um sometimes for me in my own personal journey like i have to show myself a little bit of grace and patience and and realize that like people aren't always going to be open to these ideas in the same way that i've become open to them and the best thing for me to do, this is what I tell myself, is just to hold the space of that vibration, but you don't have to communicate it. You don't have to force anyone to go there. You don't have to even bring it up, but just in your heart, mind, like that is sort of what you're holding. So even if someone is bitching to you about something, like you can just receive that, but receive right. it at a different vibration, because sometimes that's what people need to do. They need to, so it's like, you can express your positive, peaceful self without having to say a word, you know, like you just feel it in the heart and you hold that space, but it's tricky because I think the, the impetus toward compassion, toward empathy, that is obviously, if you're on that journey, it's obviously incredibly strong in you. You want to put that into action to help. Like you want to see it. it, You want to help people.
1: Yeah. The initial. Responses to want to assist and to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not like you can take some sort of like binoculars and give them to the other. Exactly.
0: Person. <laughs> the way that you assist, isn't going to be a direct showing to them. It's going to sometimes, and sometimes it is, but I feel like a rule that I try to like keep to myself, like if anyone asks me, I'll go there, but I don't necessarily always bring up these deeper components of what's actually going on in my mind or what I think about, um, because sometimes people just aren't in the space to receive it and it could actually end right. up further confusing them, um, and pushing them away from where you want to go. So like, what I like to do is just hold space. And if someone wants to open the door, I'll be right there walking through, <laughs> it with them, you know, but it's easier yeah. said than done. I fumble and fall on my face all the time. Um, but I think it's a beautiful thing what you're expressing here, Stephanie, about this sort of shift in your consciousness, how you're how you're releasing old patterns of thinking or right. behavior and you're embodying a new resonance within yourself mm-hmm. that you're still in the process of discovering its depth you know i think the meditative journey is an infinite one it's a constant state of unfolding but i can see how it's influencing your work because of the way that even just the soft subtlety of like the color, the iridescent quality that you're painting with is so fabulous. And in in the juxtaposition of that, like looking over your shoulder with some of those very earthbound tones, you know, with this kind of ethereal light quality that you're creating in the work, I think is such an amazing sort of illustration of kind of what we're talking about. This sort of these two spaces that, don't aren't really feel like they can coexist but you're showing through your work that they they can and express a different level of of beauty or nuance to like what the human experience kind of is about it is messy you know it is it is imperfect
1: that's actually a really good way to put it because almost all of the paintings that i'm creating right now start off with like a very aggressive kind of ground uh, almost chaotic mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people think that I'm working they're like is that rust did you burn that like how did you create that and I didn't know that I guess till now that we're talking about it that it kind of is a commentary on kind of duality and how both things exist it's like you need the chaos in order to feel the calmness and I think those two are one and the same mm-hmm. and they have the illusion of separation but it's kind of like a circle Mm -hmm. you know and you know you can't have one without the other
0: exactly um but yeah it's hard to understand it's hard to understand the something's opposite without like you know you know it's hard to understand something in isolation without its opposite present um that is the nature of this material plane, as far as I can tell, as far as most philosophies and philosophers and spiritual, uh, magical, mystical traditions have pointed to for millennia is, is like sort of that is the thumbprint of the human existence is we have to find a way to engage with the, the, um, the inevitability of duality that wherever we have one component, we're going to find its opposite. Um, and the problem I think that happens a lot societally is we repress what's the opposite thing, um, unconsciously. And so then it comes out in all these other uncontrollable ways. But I think art is such an amazing method for actually dealing with the duality in a practical way and exploring and understanding it through material, through your hands, through your decision-making. Um, and I definitely can see that in the work and i'm curious like some of these forms even like the one over your i guess would maybe be your left shoulder the other side like those lines they remind me of like wood rings or they remind me of like sort of some of the kind of like the lines that you might see like on a beach when like the waves recede and pull the sand back in some ways like but they're a part of this rhythmic process this this sort of sense of regularity or harmony that's happening but then you have that swatch like you said like kind of aggressive ground there i think it's such a beauty but you can see through it and still can see the continuation of the line which i find to be such a, a poignant component i feel like there is a ground to reality that all the the dualistic frameworks are playing on i think in meditation in some sense you're maybe dipping your toes into that reality where it's sort of like this field or this matrix, this ground of, that holds all of the contradictions of our experience. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and I haven't really been, I would say what maybe my work hasn't been dissected. Um, these are all brand new and No one's really seen them. I'm actually having open studio on Sunday and I'm always interested to hear what people's perspectives are um, and just what their perceptions are of the work too because um, I think a lot of times it's beautiful to hear people talking about your work because it's almost like they're giving you information about Mm -hmm. what they are because I try so hard not to um, I just kind of let them be and kind of let them tell me what they are most of the time, you know, obviously, you know, even naming the piece, I, I tried, I feel like by doing so, I kind of maybe make it this thing that it might not be because it's kind of in a, in a way i they're like my, they're like their own entity, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really awesome to hear you say everything you're saying, because it's, it's just been really lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to, because I'm on this path, um, I'm trying to find the balance between um, also making time for people. But I think just kind of understanding, I kind of got into like the idea of like the metaphysical and just like quantum physics and um, and the, the fact that we're just particles. And, and so then I kind of had this like existential... Not necessarily a crisis, but I'm always thinking. Mm. And I kind of got to a point where once you start learning about all this stuff, you kind of start diminishing feelings because you understand that, like, it's all just a temporary thing. Mm. And there's so much more than these these deep feelings that you've always attached to. You know, it's like, this hurts me so much. Or it's like, nothing matters because we're just here momentarily. And, like, feeling is a gift. Mm. And if it hurts, and so it hurts, and if it's cold, and so it's cold, and so, but then you can get to a point where you're just so you're so disconnected from from having empathy and sympathy, and and I feel like that's been a thing in all in itself. It's yeah. like learning about the mechanics of the world and what really the world is is such a big hologram. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, and then you can get to a place where you're just like, well, nothing matters you know, I can just meditate all day long or, you know, do this and that. But you have to find balance between, oh, but so-and-so is getting married and this is really important. Or Mm -hmm. your sister just had babies, so go and make time for that. And so like, it's in that, it's in those moments that you find the beauty.
0: It's
1: it's not in knowing, knowing that you're going to die and nothing matters. Or not in knowing that, it's like, in fact, there's grace knowing that like, there's an end quote unquote in terms of this, the, this plane here. Um, But you kind of start, that kind of helps you kind of slow down and, Mm. and, and find beauty and feeling the feelings. And instead of kind of just saying, well, shut up monkey mind, it's not important. (laughs) like, Okay. Well, the feelings are teaching you something. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, it, you can take away the importance of it because you're trying to rationalize like, Oh, I can't let this affect me for whatever reason. And I'm not, not if I'm, if I'm making sense. at no, all. No, you but, are
0: a hundred percent. Yes, you are.
1: Um, it's, it's like, uh, and it's like, how do you, and how do you like paint that? How do you. And so that's why it, it's so strange what I'm doing now, because they're just like, I'm trying to capture the, The aspect of like just spirit or or sometimes when i close my eyes i see this like almost like a like a purple smoke just kind of floating around or like a blue and i haven't figured out how to capture that um but that's kind of where i'm at like this there's this thing coming out
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and so it's 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 like the work when you look at it there's so much that went into me getting to that place. It's like having moments where I'm, i um, learning about all this stuff, but also learning to turn it off. Yeah, know that I'm still human. Yeah, Um, there, there was like a huge part of my of of my time when I was just kind of like, uh, well, I don't want to be around people because their thoughts affect mine. Once you start understanding all that, then you realize, oh, okay, you can kind of pick and choose, but at the same time, you kind of lose your human aspect of mm. yourself. You're going to negate someone just because of what they're going through or what it's like, then you're no longer human. Mm-hmm. If you're not having experiences where you're there for somebody else, because you all of a sudden understand this thing, you know, it's like everyone's in their own path. And so you have, you could hold space and you can find that balance between, having your spiritual practice, but at the same time, knowing that you're human and that part where I used to feel like, Oh, I want to be this like solitary artist. I don't know, warehouse by the ocean with, you know, just focused on my work. It's, it's a romantic concept, but we are humans and we need connection. And if you're creating and you're not having conversations and you're not having interactions. Are you even here? Are you even human? Does it even matter?
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's a good question that, you know, that you're kind of contemplating here is this sort of dynamic between like the big sense of self and the limited sense of self, because, yes, we live in a temporal environment. The impermanence is the mark of existence. What is here will change will transform into something else in some way, shape, or form over time. It's just part of being alive. But that's, to me, where, where the beauty is as well, is like every moment is just filled with magic and mystery. And like the sense of knowing ultimately what this is, I think is is not what the point is. I think the point, like kind of what you're pointing to is the feeling, the connection, the sense of aliveness that just comes from the awareness that you are and like to be able to walk that path of like trying to really dive deeper into yourself and discover deeper and deeper layers of who it is you are in relation to this life and what might be beyond this life. At the same time, like there are practical matters you have to attend to, or you'll wither away like a twig. You got to eat, you got to have water, you got to have shelter, but I think you also have to have some sort of community or connection. Um, I think there are certain people that can live that monk life where they do live in solitude. I think it's a very, very small percentage of us. Um, I think that for the vast majority of us, we do need each other on some capacity, But you also, as artists, I feel this way too. Like I need solitude. That's why I, you know, do lots of meditation. And that's why I also paint. Because when I'm in the studio, I can be very just like connected in a, in a new way that the world, it's sometimes harder for me to do. I'm learning how to bring that energy into the grocery store, into the way I drive the car, ride the bike, or the way I interact with people. But I think that's really where my practice is, is, is the integration Mm -hmm. of this deeper sense of knowing this, of I don't know how to explain it the heart mind the consciousness the soul the spirit whatever it is that's beyond Martin what's beyond my life story what's beyond the trauma I have or the you know personal histories I have because those are important too I think those are teaching me something about what's beyond it um but right. how do we how do we be in the world but not of the world is sort of the old spiritual idiom Like, how can you do both? And I think as an artist, you're kind of given an opportunity to be able to do that maybe a little more easier um, in some sense than if you were a a Wall Street banker. You know what I mean? Because you're given this time to create in isolation, to be able to excavate your individual spiritual signature in the universe. Like, nobody can look out of your eyes. Like, you are the only one who can see that and so there's a gift there's a gift beautiful
1: at the same time it's something I always think about it's like nobody the idea that we're really alone because I see people as like we're all kind of like our own planets right and Mm -hmm. so it's like we all kind of live in our own and nobody will ever know exactly what it's like to be you ever.
0: Yeah. Not in this <laughs> lifetime. Not not no, as Stephanie Gonzalez, experience. not with this, right? you know, not with not with your story and all that. But I think the question that I always ask myself, now we're getting really heady spiritually. I love this stuff. The question that I always ask myself is and I think it's a question that a lot of uh various spiritual traditions want, you know, adepts to ask themselves is who is beyond that? right? Like what is actually looking? Who is actually looking? Is it Martin? Like what is that space? And I think the meditative process in a lot of ways, especially if you're evolving your practice and continue to dive deep, I think they're like, like anything, there are many layers and you could find a good place to rest. Like, okay, I'm going to rest here, but like, there's Mm -hmm. always a deeper place you can go. Um, but I think trying to uncover, like, What is that that is actually looking out of my eyes? Like, who is that? And I've little tastes and morsels of potential of what that could be. But anytime I've felt like I've had a little glimpse of that, it's been the ultimate unified state. It is without, there is, I guess there is a loneliness, but a lack of loneliness at the exact same time, because it's all one. There is no subject object anymore. And it's only when they're subject object can there be, like we were talking earlier, can there be someone who is alone and someone who is not. Right. When they're unified, those things don't exist anymore. It's a whole other space. I don't know how to describe it. I think people have glimpses of it on deep meditative experiences or big psychedelic openings, uh, lucid dreams. Like it's a kind of a feeling state that is beyond the intellect
1: well the thing is you we can argue all day about that happening in your in that state when you're with yourself meditating alone while you took psychedelics I mean I um you know psilocybin's like saved my life Mm. really (laughs) but I also have, have had as many beautiful revelations of love and understanding deep understanding by being in the presence of others Mm -hmm. which which for the longest time okay i went through a period where i just wanted i just wanted to be alone for some reason and i just wanted to go inward and meditate and i was just so tired of the crap of the world you know Mm -hmm. and all my struggles and all it's heavy and and then naturally it shifted and I, it became to where I started seeking relation and I started seeking because I, because it's almost like once you reach that level, then the world relays back to you that you are needed in the world and you, that you inspire others or that you, and then you, that idea of being the solitary artist kind of shifted for me. And it was so strange for that to happen because I was so sure that like, that's, that's what I want. And I have like a little vision board where I have this like, Big warehouse by the ocean that I found (laughs) on vaccine, and that's you know what I've always kind of wanted. And but at the same time, something kind of shifted where I started craving friendships and relationships. And um, once I got to that place, it's even in those. It's kind of like that TV show that's so Raven, and that just kind of reveals (laughs) like you know I'm thirty five, but reveals my age, but. Um, when she's all of a sudden in the middle of a conversation and kind of has these like visions or whatever, uh, I kind of had that, have had those experiences without the psychedelic and without all that kind of, you know, stuff, just being in a moment of love where, where, I mean, that's how the light boxes came to be. I was just sitting at my sister's house on her sofa and I've always been really, it's always been really hard for me to like sit and watch TV, uh, you know, if I'm watching HGTV, it depends on what it, what it is, but it's hard to kind of get me to sit down. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just in a moment of just kind of sitting and doing an activity and just kind, of, just kind of seeing the love in this person's eyes and just seeing how happy they are to just have you spend time with them mm-hmm. for whatever time it is. Um, it's in that moment that I had the revelation. It just kind of came to me. It was like, the light box was just kind of like, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And if you do this, this will happen. And you need to, and and so it it's beautiful to find that, that, you know, you don't just find peace and you don't just find answers in meditation, that you also find them in being human and yes. having experiences mm-hmm. and, and presenting yourself to the world and just being of service, you know? Yes.
0: That's the key word I feel like right there is the service is I think in some ways, and this is just my opinion or perspective. Like, I think that's kind of what we're all seeking is like our best, the best way that we can serve others. Like that where we feel really authentic in the way that we serve through the gifts we have, through the capabilities we have, through the context of our lives. I feel like that's where I feel deeper connections are made is when you, when you're kind of really present for someone else and and there to attend to their needs, um, before your own. Um, and I think that sort of archetype of like divine service to me is always something I come back to trying to center my consciousness on as an embodied person. It's like the practicality of being alive is played out for me in forms of service through being myself, being this individual person, being this artist, making this work. Like I find that making art in a way is a form of service to the world because I think it's even if, whether you like the art or not, just the idea that the role of the artists exist is is saying something about humanity um, and, and sort of the, you know, these don't have any practical Things for survival, right? Like I can't eat my painting. I can't, you know, sleep under it. And I can't do. Maybe you could, you know, um, yeah. but it's serving another purpose beyond the practicalities of of survival. And I think that points to something special about the human condition. And so, playing the role as an artist, like you're kind of holding that torch um, as like a seeker, as an explorer, as a healer. Um, in some sense depending on the who you are the shaman of some kind like you are there to to help uh, nurture awakened consciousness in people even if it's very subtle um, you know what I mean it's like not it doesn't have to Absolutely. be like a slap in the face uh, like you, gotta, Milarepa, no, I, you know
1: and I have an example I mean uh, I teach uh, these watercolor technique classes and it's in that giving that service, uh, that, um, cause, you know, I, I've been doing art full time for about nine years and, and I have to find different ways to survive. Right. Yeah. so, um, in terms of quote unquote surviving, um, and making money, right. Um, I found that these classes are so much more than that because it, it's just such a beautiful feeling when you, literally just teach someone something and they and it's for you it's the most simple thing because it comes natural to you mm-hmm. to create um, you don't know anything else and you you all you know is that if you don't then you'll die right <laughs> that's true for me you know yeah. it's I've been making things since I can remember you know making uh houses for my dolls out of like cereal boxes and such but um providing that space in my in my art classes here in my studio Um, and just teaching someone something like, say, for example, I taught them a technique and then something fell somewhere and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Just, and I'll just do a thing where they look at you like, wow. And, and it's like, yeah, you can do that. And there's no right or wrong. Oh, that didn't work. Hey, let me teach you thing about watercolors is you can reactivate with water and just kind of dab, dab out whatever with a paper towel. And so it almost kind of feels like you're teaching them these magic tricks and then at the end of the day it's like they're so blown away with what they can do and you gave them the tools yes and it's the best freaking feeling ever Mm -hmm. you know it's like like you connected with them on a different level yeah and and in their eyes you unlock some sort of door that they thought that they couldn't open.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you, it's you're... almost
1: like you have a set of keys and you're like, this is the one. And they're like, Oh, and then they try it. And then they yep. also have access. And it's like, they just didn't know that they did have access all along.
0: Yes, exactly. Like you have to just kind of be the impetus for it. Or you have to sometimes just give them the little push, the little, just a little push. yeah, a little push. And then, the, and then everything else kind of takes care of itself. From that point, I mean, it's a beautiful process to be able to be a part of someone's sort of like burgeoning creative output, like to get them to trust themselves. I think a lot of times, trust. yeah, right. a lot of times people just like overthink things or they they have these stories in their mind that have been given to them about who they are and what they're capable of. And all of those stories are not your own, you know, like someone told you that and you internalized it. And, and you, and latched on to it and identified with it in such a way that you became what they've told you. It's like, almost like yeah. the idea of like casting spells, you know, like it's right. literally like sometimes people have done that throughout your childhood by telling you certain things, both good and bad, that ultimately could end up limiting who you are because you believed it. Um, right. And I think once you kind of like take that back and you learn how to dismantle those narratives, those sort of the self-talk, like the ideas of what goes on inside one's own mind, and realize like where these patterns of behavior or thinking came from, and that they were never yours to begin with. You start to create such freedom in the mind, and then there's from that freedom and that spaciousness that I feel like the mysterious divine energy of life can move through you and and manifest, help you manifest these unique things in the world, be it art or whatever. But I right. think we have to, in some sense, get out of our own way. So like the service that uh, someone like you provides in that context of teaching watercolor is just, you're giving them like a a real time example of overcoming a limitation in their mind of what they thought they could do. And then they realize, oh, I can do what I've told myself I couldn't do. And then all of a sudden they remember that next time something similar comes up and they begin to let go of all of the old patterns. And then they become this open, spacious, free being, which I think is what we're all kind of longing for, to be fully right. free, to be who we are in every way. Um, but it's really hard here because
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's- It's like
1: you're planting seeds of knowledge, but, and sorry to interrupt you. No, like, no, yeah. Um, it's like by being your most authentic self, Yeah, you're planting seeds of knowledge. Without meaning to or trying to. And and that's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're not in control if those those seeds germinate or not. Like, as you know, you don't have the control there, but you can plant them. And then I think that's where like us as individuals need to take responsibility and take ownership over our lives to create the right conditions for those good seeds that have been planted in us in our life to sprout. Um, And it's hard work. It's hard work to do. I feel like it's really hard, especially in this world that we're living in right now, that is so contentious and so polarized, sort of how we started talking, you know, when you were sharing about the limitations of how you know, people saw you in rel- in relation to your work and how it was hard to find your community creatively because you weren't doing what the sort of uh, trend in the art world was asking you to do, or you weren't being that person that they wanted you to be, you were being yourself. Um, and I think that's sort of an uphill battle that we have is a lot of these structures in place will sometimes manipulate the individual's expression, even on an unconscious level, because we want to fit in or we want to succeed. So we sort of cater to what that is. But I can tell you from what I've seen, not only be doing this podcast, but just being in this world, making this art and paying attention to artists like yourself, that there is a huge community of artists like yourself who are interested in these things, who are making this kind of work, who are, I think this is what sort of, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, is what's kind of coming. Um, And I think it's sort of almost like what we need, like identity politics are important, um, but they're limiting and they're not going to tell us the whole story about what's going on. And so I think the art needs to move beyond the polarized topics of identity and into this exploration of what it is that's the fabric of all of this experience like what is it that holds this world together and what is it that um we can do to i guess connect in that space in a real visceral way like to have the experience of that space and i think a lot of artists are trying to create work that maybe initiates or ushers in even the tiniest little taste of that experience and for me that can be very transformative
1: Right. Um, well, you said it best. I mean, it's been hard for me to have a way to explain what you're saying and, and why I'm trying to, um, there's just such like need for me to kind of shift away from the narrative, just from narrative itself altogether. I mean, and then when You know, you can also put this in a box and say this is spiritual, spiritual work. And so there's always going to be something to attach to, because how else do you describe something Mm with words if you can't see it visually? But um, I think you're right. And it is coming. And I think by finding you, I mean, I feel so honored to even be talking
0: to you right now because vice versa right here. I mean, we're just kindred spirits. We're like on this path together trying to figure it out but I think there's something deep within what the questions we're asking and the way we're living that is um that needs to be shared
1: yeah I mean when I saw your work I was like there was something about the way that I was creating my work it all kind of started in the center and Mm -hmm. when I saw your work I I understood it immediately it was almost like a language that somebody else was speaking that I also understood yeah and I felt like, wow, I immediately followed you and I didn't even know like you were doing the podcast and stuff. And it's been a great thing to listen to while I'm painting, actually, because I feel it makes me feel less lonely because I feel like there are other people who also understand something that I also understand, but in their own way. Yeah, and Yeah, it's, 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 it's great talking to you about this kind of stuff, because this is the kind of place where I'm at right now. Yeah. It's, it's not something that everybody wants to talk about. Exactly.
0: Well, That's why I started yeah. this podcast. Cause like, you <laughs> know, I could talk my wife's ear off all day about this stuff, but she doesn't want to hear it at some point, like, yeah. Come on. you know, like I could talk about these ideas literally all day. And so I was like looking for some kind of podcast that was sort of talking about these things, but through the lens of art and maybe it's, there's another one out there, but I was like, man, there's nothing out there. I could talk about this forever. Why don't I just start this thing? and just manif- just manifest. And it. it's been awesome. I'm just meeting so many amazing people like yourself. And I think it, one of the big visions I have is this idea of really creating the sense of a community, a movement of sort of like a sense that like art is always at the forefront of like kind of what's coming. And I think what we need more than ever is a spiritual revolution and not necessarily... under the lens of religion even though all religions in my opinion get you to the same place if you're following it authentically and not becoming deceived by the ego of yourself or 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 another who might be leading you i think everything can be hijacked by the ego so you have to tread lightly and be very thoughtful and be very um just discerning you know um about what you do but i think that's kind of what we need we need to like I feel like the polarization is getting so big that the inevitability of a collapse back to the center is just, is it's all the only thing that can happen next in my mind is, you know what I mean? They get so straight, yeah. it's like a rubber band, you know, it gets so pulled out to the extreme and then eventually it's going to give way and psh, snap back yeah. or snap away from that center and then reveal a new space, like a black hole or something. I oh, don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
1: well I feel like that's kind of what's going to happen in the world too. That's why I try I try not to kind of attach to things because it's scary, you know, being gay and like there's so much hate in the world. Yeah. I mean, I had an experience at the skate park with with this like bigger kind of dude who assumed that I had a bad attitude and told me right right off just I've seen you around here and you my perception of you is that you have a bad attitude and I was able to say, "Hey man, you're wrong. I I don't think that you know what it's like to be a girl at the skate park. You're always in someone's way. And all I saw was your son kind of yelling at me. So I didn't know what was going on. And I, sorry if I came across that way, like, let's shake on it, man. This is my sanctuary. Like, I'm not here mean to anyone, but you don't know what it's like to have some dude just yelling at you. I have headphones on. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He very quickly kind of, you know, I saw that I started to get emotional, and and I felt like I made a breakthrough there. But at the same time, I was like, man, like the world needs so much healing because it's just like mm-hmm. this person was so quick to do this, and it and and it was like I could have lost my my shit so quickly. But that's when the true practice comes in play. Right when mm-hmm. I don't want any, I don't want any sort of like, hey, I'm just trying to do what you're trying to do, and th- th- I feel like there's so much happening and being a guest because I couldn't tell I was like well are you a homophobe or are you like I, I just didn't understand his frustration I was yeah. like this is, more, this is something more than what you're showing I was like literally I'm, I'm a, like I come here and I skate I know the guys here I'm a local artist in town I don't have any animosity towards you I'm just trying to skate and I felt like something bigger than me there I felt like like I was it was my duty to to let this person know that Maybe I'm not the way he thought or, yeah. and I, what I fixed in his mind that day, but like something inside me just made it to where like, I could have had the same attitude he did, you know, mm-hmm. like you're in my way. So that's what happens at the skate park when you're a girl there, there's always like guys always, and they let you know, and they make you, they want you to know that you're in their way, but it's like, Hey, I'm, you're in my way, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's you, but I'm also here to skate. Yeah. And so why is it always that I'm in your way? And so I kind of told this guy, you know, you don't know what it's like. It's like, you guys made it very clear every time that I'm in your way. And so like, I'm sorry, like,
0: yeah, you know,
1: it's like, and so, you know, we were able to kind of hash it out and, you know, he apologized and I apologized and I was like, hey, that's know, awesome.
0: I'm-. That's healing right and, there.
1: Yeah. And I was like putting my ego aside and not being like, well, you think that you're this and it's the part for everybody. And, in a way I kind of shifted it back to like, Hey, your perception is kind of maybe not right. And like, mm-hmm. maybe this like, what is it about? What is, what perception are you talking about? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, there are so many times when you're going for a trick and someone else goes and this, what happens, is it because I'm a girl that you're treating me differently? I don't understand the dynamic here. And so like, I explained, you know, like, this is not what I'm here for. I, I'm just here. This is my sanctuary. Yeah. Like I come here, to escape into myself. Right. And so that is a true test. I feel like that's when the things come into play when in meditation, nothing happens to you. You sometimes maybe you cry if you, if you needed that release, but you don't have any conflict. You don't Mm -hmm. have any, you're not practicing the things that you're being kind of uh, fed right so like through meditation you're kind of being fed like these ideas or or whatever it is like, everybody has a different experience yeah but it's when you're out in the real world where you actually apply
0: exactly
1: and you that's when you really have to check yourself and say like oh okay well what perception are you having like what, why mm-hmm. and instead of like trying to meet them in the same place it's like you've done the work so you can actually take it back and say, Hey, um, no, actually that's not right. And I mean, if they're a complete mean person and they're not going to see past their issues and that's fine, but that's when beauty happens, when yeah. when you can get past something and both of you, and I, like I said, it doesn't always happen. And even then it's like, if it doesn't get to that point, then you have to let go. And that mm. is another lesson that <laughs>
0: there's
1: just like everywhere, everywhere.
0: Everything. yes everything is a teaching if you know how to look at it if you know how to like yeah. see the teaching in it but i think what you're saying is so important and i think it's something everybody deals with is this sort of the incongruity with one's perception on especially on someone else a lot of times what happens is it's really a projection game like somebody is projecting their own inner frustration on you because in that moment you're a target for their frustration. And maybe being a woman or being gay is like makes you an easier target for certain type of people. We see that obviously there are very angry people who target people who are different than them um, in all sorts of ways, because that's an easy screen for them to project their own inner self-hatred or pain. Really, it all comes down. I think everyone has a lot of inner pain that they don't know how to deal with. And so they, they express themselves aggressively, violently, or in just incredibly rude or mean ways to others because they don't know how to deal with that energy. And they're looking for a way to get it out. And they think that's how on an unconscious level they're getting it out, but really they're just creating more damage. Um, So being able to like dismantle him in that moment by just asking that question or even just posing a sense of a seed of doubt in his mind that he could be wrong about you is everything. Like I think sometimes that's all you need to do is just, Sometimes you sow a little seed of doubt in someone's thinking about something in order for them to open. Because I think back to what you're talking about, like attachment and stuff, I think that's something we naturally do to everything. Um, And so if you can find a way to relinquish a little bit of that grip that someone might have in an idea of something, then it creates at least an opportunity for space to be there for something new to come in. And from that, maybe insight could happen. Um, and it's hard though. It's hard to tread in the world, being sort of. You have to be on guard in some ways too. You have to protect yourself because there are bigoted, mean, violent people out there as well. But yeah. to have the courage to stand up to him and and say that, and and ultimately create a healing dynamic between the two of you, like that's like reconciliation and and as a, a prime example. And I think that's kind of. The kind of energy we need to bring to each other is a sense of like respect, but also curiosity, but also, but not like, not like uh, conceding who we are, you know, not becoming docile, but yet becoming strong and yet open and receptive for a communication to happen. Um, But the problem is we don't see that on the levels of culture or society that is running things. Like you look at the political class. They're some of the most immature people I've ever seen in my life, the way they treat each other, the way they talk to each other, even in the media, the way the media bashes the opposite side in both directions. Like they are, they are just literally prime examples of unconscious behavior. And I think people, um, are affected by that negatively. And that's some, some sometimes a symptom of our society too, is we are being taught by the, the least wise among us. Um, and I think culturally, how, the question is like, how do we flip that script? How do we get the you know, the wise, knowing, loving, compassionate voices to get to the top of these echelons of power? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I think that's what we need more than ever. But it seems like the system's kind of rigged to push those kinds of people out. Because I think somewhere along the way, in my mind, you have to sell your soul a little bit to get to these higher levels of power. Um, and so once you've done yeah. it once, you can do it infinite times.
1: Well, we'll just give everybody LSD and
0: <laughs> <gasps> oh my <laughs> and God, remove
1: alcohol from the equation, which you know alcohol in itself can be ceremonial like without being abused, like there are different aspects of yourself that you can access in in a state, but I just think, Yeah, I mean, it's all being fed through the media and uh, Mm -hmm. just power, you know, all the movies in Hollywood. And it's just, it it sucks because it is the most emotionally immature people that are leading the country um, because of their hunger for power. And it's like, what's the point of it, of this power? Exactly.
0: It's It's going to, it's not permanent.
1: You can't yeah it's just temporary and and it's all it's ego and so exactly
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: the best way to dissolve ego is i mean you can't force people to meditate and you can't force people to take psychedelics you can't and so it's it's like where do you start well you start with yourself and it might not feel like a big change but that's all you can do and that's all you can control yeah
0: exactly and so
1: yeah, and so sort of just start with self
0: and. Yeah, um, you have to. You have to. You have to be in the driver's seat of some sense of like, changing your own consciousness, for the better. And the paradox of that is, you got to learn to also sit in the back and let right. another energy, drive the car too. Um, oh yeah,
1: because you can at sit. surrender, at home you know. At home. Yeah, you can sit at. Home. It's like I. It's like you can't do anything about. You can, in conversation, plant some seeds, but there's no point in kind of attaching to what's happening. If you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. And so what are you going to do? You're just going to wake up and see all the news and just be, Uh this is what they're doing now. And of course, be informed, but at the same time, take the back seat and know that that's not your, there are things that are not your battle.
0: Exactly. What you do though, like, like Hi. we were talking earlier, it's like the energy signature that you hold in your heart and your mind and your body does have an impact on the world in a very amazing way. It's just so subtle or maybe quantum or sub quantum. It's like, it's all, but on some level, like by being in that vibration of openness, of compassion, compassionate, sort of like loving attitude, Toward the world and and carrying that in the way you walk in the street, the way you say hi to people, the way you communicate like that does have an impact or putting that energy into the creative act of making something, you know, powerful and beautiful and authentic. It's going to hold some kind of resonance in the world, wherever that work goes, it's going to emanate and it's going to impact people in ways that are like, I think, below the surface of what they might be aware of. Um, and I think that does contribute. I think it. the world to me is just so mysterious. I just think there are yeah. so many things that we, we can't fully know. And I think in that state of not knowing is where for me, like bliss comes from, because it's like surrender, curiosity and awe, and like just being in awe of the majesty of like every moment, um, which is easier said than done. But when you practice it, it's just life-changing because like you said, like you could turn on the news and get into this deep downward spiral of depression because everything feels like it's falling apart and everyone hates each other and the world's coming to an end. But if you just turn and look out your window and there's a a cardinal bird, there singing its song, just glistening in the sunlight. Like you could behold something so unbelievably miraculous as that and live in a totally different state. Like, yeah, the right here, right now, the world isn't falling apart. There's sunlight, there's beauty all around me, and there's beauty inside everyone I see, and I choose to live in a way that tries to see that. Um, I think that has an impact too. And then push comes to shove. You have choices you make in your life, and if you make choices from that consciousness, and more and more people and mass make choices from that kind of consciousness, that's where the change will come from. It's not going to be a big swooping boom. It's going to be subtle. It's going to percolate underneath the surface Um, just like a plant does before it sprouts through the ground, it's still, there's a lot of work happening underground that you can't see, but then all of a sudden one day, boom, here's that dandelion. Like there's that flower that just popped Mm -hmm. up overnight, like, or that mushroom that just popped out of the ground overnight. But that wasn't, that wasn't an instantaneous process. It was a a deeper process. You just weren't aware of how it was working. You're just seeing kind of the result. Um, And so that's sort of how I try to like live my life as best as I can. Um, It's hard. It's like you don't want to check fully out, but you also don't want to check fully in because Mm -hmm. the fetters and attachments that will come from that are not going to be healthy. So I think that's what I struggle with, like, is that balance is how do we balance those those things and live in the world in an authentic way. And I think it's a daily, a daily practice and a daily readjustment that has to happen.
1: Yeah. For me, it's, it's, it's required basically just a lot of isolation. Mm -hmm. Just so much, just so much, because it's, you need to hear your own thoughts and your own, but at the same time, yeah, once you get to that point, uh, you have to kind of come back because you can't just, hear yourself all the time yeah you know unlike, like you said you're a monk somewhere but yeah
0: um i know that's why i always have
1: the calling i feel like you said like you have the calling and yeah you just kind of follow the path of least resistance and get out of your own way exactly
0: yeah what you let earlier. the energy of the world move through you sometimes you know the mysterious quality of life let it guide you Um, I always love the archetype of the Bodhisattva and the ideals of that are so fascinating to me. I don't know if you're aware of that archetype and like, uh, especially in Tibetan Buddhism, Um, but it's really, it's uh, someone who is either, depending on how you look at it from different uh, perspectives, it's either someone who is delaying their enlightenment on purpose for the sake of helping others or someone Uh. who is achieving their enlightenment so that they can help others. You know what I mean? I think it's a little both, but it's this idea of like, you are deeply working on yourself and the goal, ultimate goal of that is so that you can be a vessel of service toward all beings and help usher all beings toward the enlightened consciousness. Um, and so for me, like the Bodhisattva could be, take the form of any kind of person in the world it's not it doesn't look like a monk in robes all the time actually most of the times it doesn't it looks like a normal random person you would never know is a bodhisattva but the way that it's all about like that internal energy that they carry with them that has an impact on the actions that they carry out um and so i always have loved that and romanticized that notion of the bodhisattva and something i always kind of come back Mm -hmm. to and try my best to see if i can like cultivate that state of consciousness as often as I can um but it's tricky but I think it's a beautiful idea you know
1: yeah no for sure I think it's one of those things where like uh I feel like that's kind of what's happening to me because it's like you could always go deeper but it's it's almost kind of the same ideas as like having that duality and uh you know stopping your your continuous practice you can just come home and meditate every day you know and just do that and 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 yoga and just stay to yourself but you do by you know it's like you by choosing to also have those like human interactions and all that kind of stuff it's like in a way you're delaying but at the same time you're taking what you've learned and applying it to situations so that you can be a teacher uh in a way yeah. without knowing it and so
0: yeah and even the example of the art that you make you know is doing that as well like living the, living that uh that lifestyle as an artist like choosing to live in that way to like live in the creative space to to make work to share with others you know is a part of that too and you know looking at your practice as an artist like i definitely see you from a uh imagery component like you're exploring these vast spaces geometry is a big part of the work that you're doing, but these organic qualities, like I I can see the um, the seeking that's happening through the work you're making and it makes it so human to me. It makes it so real, you know? It makes it so authentic to me. It's not sterile. It has this real human touch to it. Um, And it feels for me like it's it's kind of opening the space of inquiry in my own mind. Like when I look at it, it's going to create this deep contemplative state. Um, and I think more and more people are getting more and more comfortable looking at abstract work, work that is not narrative based, that is right. not based on on anything necessarily recognizable uh, pristinely in the real material world. But like, I think in an intuitive level, like we're aware of the energy that's laying beneath all things the matrix that all the ground of being you know indra's net whatever we want to call it like there is this 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 sort of mathematical geometric framework from which all of life sprouts it's this unity space and um and i can i love seeing that in your work because you're you're pointing to the universality that is geometry i feel like it does transcend language in some ways and it does speak to something about the inherent existence of life like you know that there is some kind of design under here that has rationality and meaning and purpose and uh it's holding this whole game together what is that you know what is that space that's why for me personally i'm really interested in like sacred geometry and uh and interested in like ancient civilizations and our deep ancestors and how their knowledge of these things kind of got lost or misconstrued through time through uh the you know manipulation of history and um and all of that like i think we in some ways like we're we're maybe in a time where we're kind of reverting back to some primordial wisdom that we've lost and i see some of that you know in uh, a lot of the art that i'm seeing i think that's what what draws people to this kind of work too is because it's speaking to them on some cellular level or some unconscious level that's very deep um so i really appreciate like kind of the direction your work is going i think it's an incredibly beautiful direction and i can't wait to kind of see how it evolves as you start to continue to grow as an individual and as an artist um to see like where you could take it because i do think that there's something really amazing happening in your studio um and i hope you see that too
1: yeah hopefully you can visit um (laughs) yeah this i've been here for about nine years but this they're supposed to expand the highway at some point and um eventually demolish this place which is what happened to basically all my studios in montrose where i used to live um this has been the longest this has been my longest relationship let's say that
0: (laughs) Well, you create the space ultimately I bring it yeah. yourself into it the way you do
1: yeah this has been the biggest and i they just keep getting bigger i feel like the art just keeps taking over my life and That's so I, I welcome it you know yes I,
0: dive deep in there and just conti- I, continue to do what you're doing like i'm sure other people tell you this but i'll be the, another person to tell you like you are on the path you are on the right to path with thanks. what you're doing and uh keep pushing it and keep evolving it um and keep growing personally through it. I feel like that's the greatest gift my art gives me. It's like, it's, it's a teacher for me, my art practice. It teaches me all the things oh, that, absolutely. Are, that are, yeah. you know, so many things I learn about myself through the creative act and through my commitment to making art. So continue to let it do that. And I think this conversation we had today was really deep. I didn't realize we were going to just get <laughs> really deep and personal. And I really appreciate like all the things that you shared you know, being vulnerable and very open with yourself to all of us. Like that is art in itself. That's what art is. It's like that a willingness to be vulnerable and open and sharing. Um, and it's just really beautiful. These questions you're having and the insights you're having and, uh, know that, uh, I'm a kindred spirit on the same path, trying to figure out the same stuff, you know? Yeah. And I'm so, so
1: thankful for you. I think, just seeing your work and seeing what you're doing and the the podcast work that you're doing. It's really amazing because it gives people a voice mm-hmm. really. Um, and the way that you describe the work um, you have such deep understanding for as you have this gift, you know, it's like you see things in a way that you can describe them. And I not envy you for that, but I, I find that, um, admire you for
0: that. Yeah. Thank you. you
1: the way that you describe the work and the way that you see things. It's I'm just so, so grateful that we, we had this interaction.
0: Yeah. Um, and more to come. I mean, I'm in new Orleans. I know you're in Houston and uh, yeah. my brothers live there. So I go to Houston and I'm definitely going to reach out to you. I definitely want to come hang in yes, the studio, come
1: visit the studio skate around a little bit Yeah, <laughs>
0: <I'll bring my laughs> skateboard. and same thing. If you, uh, you know, find yourself in New Orleans, we got to hang out. Because I think, again, like, you know, uh, I'm 37, you know, we're like the same age. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think on a similar path in a lot of ways and have a lot to share. And um, I think it's community is important because we live these lives for however long we're able to live them. And I think we want to be together and impact each other and share and grow and help guide each other. Um, toward yeah. the potential we all feel inside of ourselves and uh, that's why this podcast exists in my mind is to create a feeling of that in some ways even though it's all virtual right now you know no, you're and, doing
1: great work and uh, you're really kind of uh, making me feel as if like I have a community I might not have it present here yeah but, um, it does make me feel like I have somewhere where I can exist, and I think in this plane that you're creating, with all these artists, that um, you're doing something so much more than than you know. You know, you're you're creating this ripple effect, and and you're you're establishing something for people to feel like they belong, and that is like so important for human beings. And, yeah. And, it's almost like I feel like when I listen to your podcast, I'm like going to church or something, you know? Like,
0: <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> you're no church here. The church of art, the church of the
1: church, the church of, yeah, of you know,
0: sharing like, minds, like the exchanging of minds. minds right? Yeah, you know, like that's yeah. that's what I care about. And I really appreciate, you know, what you're saying. And in and, and my like deepest intentions, that's what I hope for is to create that sense of connection, camaraderie, support, community, even if it it only exists in this virtual space for now. Like I hope one day yeah. it can exist in the 3D. Like my goal is to be able to connect with all of you all in, in the material world too. Like not just yeah. be this like apparition on a screen, but like to share <laughs> space with each other. Um, and who knows how things will evolve. I think we have to always like let go of the control of our future narrative as best as we can and put yeah. uh, and always create a little space for the magic and the mystery to do its thing you know mm-hmm. exactly and we, and we, i let go
1: of attachment yeah
0: exactly because yeah. that's when we 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 things happen that are unexpected and i think it's sometimes it's the unexpected things that end up making life just so like wow unbelievable yeah. so yeah. yeah well thank you so much for connecting with me today and i know there's more to come and everybody out there listening you have to check out stephanie's work i'll have links in the show notes um stay up with what's going on um in her studio i mean it's incredible it's powerful and uh it's going to keep evolving so keep it up awesome talk to you soon all right all right all right Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment, uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on, and uh, help me get the word out. Share with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.